I'm my own angel investor, bitch. <laughs> Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at 2XP, you may miss some content, but you also want to see F-bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America. Hey, Workwives, this is Kate from Naples. I've been experiencing major burnout with my job for months now, and I feel like I'm on the edge of a total breaking point. I've been in my current role for two years and really loved it for a while, but I just have no motivation to do anything anymore. My performance is really lacking, and I've had a few conversations with my manager about it. I'm meeting all my deadlines and doing good work, but it's inconsistent and always last minute because I push things off. I'm worried that if I keep going much longer, my performance is going to keep getting worse, and I'll end up leaving this job on a bad note. I work in finance and have been at this company for five years. I switched to this role because it was to do something I was really interested in, but I've realized I was better in my old role, even though it wasn't very interesting. Do you have any tips for dealing with burnout, how I can communicate how I'm feeling to my manager? She's incredibly understanding. Or how to go about finding another job that I would enjoy more? Thanks so much. Kate, that is a lot. As we're listening to your audio, I started like kind of tear up because this is exactly how I feel when I'm burnt out. I just get into like paralytic mode. I can't move. I can't do anything. Even the simplest shit, I cannot manage to like summon the energy from deep within my core to do the thing. It feels like if your day job is falling apart like that, everything else is just a domino later, right? Absolutely. Because the thing about your day job is that it holds the rest of your life up financially. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it's okay to have like Maybe a day like this, maybe a week like this. I just went through one. But when it becomes week after week after month after month after year after year, I, I think you're on the right track. Burnout's the answer. I, I totally agree, Vanessa. This is burnout is exactly what Kate's going through. And burnout is a bit of a buzzword. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of like that um scapegoat. Yeah, like it's just it, you toss it in there. Now that I think the word? about it, catch all? Yeah, some type yeah. of catch all, yeah. It's a little bit like Mercury retrograde. It's just the thing we're blaming. <laughs> we're gonna blame it. Burnout. It's fine. <laughs> burnout, yeah, exactly. Um, so we want to talk about well, like what is burnout? Signs, causes, and what you can really do about it. So let's start with what's burnout? Burnout is simply just not having enough bandwidth. And that's also a bit of a buzzword. I'm very sorry. <laughs> but like, if you think about, okay, nerdy professor mode here. Ready, ready. So data moves across cables. We okay. know this. Okay. Phone lines, okay. data kit, ethernet cables Internet. for okay. any Gen Zers listening. Gosh. It doesn't just come from the air. <laughs> There's a cable Wait, that runs across the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. That's how you get your data across the world. Okay. It's okay. very old school, right? So if you think about your life as this cute little cable. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> that can handle data. At a certain rate, certain speed because of what it's made of. That's called bandwidth. It's how much data you can get across the band of the diameter of the cable. That's where this comes from. Is there something about how finite that bandwidth is? Absolutely. There's a maximum amount of data that can travel through a given medium. Mm -hmm. Totally. So you, yourself, are, are a body, flesh, bones, blood, right? You only have so much bandwidth. Yes. At any given moment. Yeah, at any given moment. And you can level that up through skills, through automation, through all kinds of things, right? But... Burnout is trying to put too much data through a cable that was never meant to support that much data. Cool, cool. So this is the paradigm through which we're going to be talking about burnout. Burnout is not having enough bandwidth. Yep. That means you're trying to do too much. With too little. 
Amen. We want to point out that your bandwidth as a human accounts for more than just work. We're going to talk about what that means for your work life, work life, uh-huh. shortly. <laughs> just <laughs> notes. Sneak <pause>. peek. <laughs> We're not just talking about work because everything is included. I think where we need to start is exactly where Kate's at, which is recognizing burnout for what it is. It can look like a lot of different things to a lot of women. And I want to start at the top. We're not therapists. <laughs> We're not doctors. Yeah, exactly. So like some burnout things need to be handled with your therapist. So like go forth and do that. We're only going to talk about the solution in as much as it's affecting your career and you can change it in the context of your job. So burnout can look like a few different things. One of those is not wanting to work. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> you're typically an ambitious woman. We like those. That's what all our content is for. How to take that ambition and channel it into more money. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but it is a red flag for burnout. If you're not wanting to work, if you're avoiding your work, if you're putting it off, if you're procrastinating. Mm-hmm. This is how it shows up for me every mm-hmm. time. Exactly. Every time. <laughs> also, Vanessa, you want to take the next one? <laughs> It also looks like (laughs) she's laughing because she knows Um, it's taking on other projects, often other people's jobs. Mm -hmm. So like I still look very busy at work. I'm still getting things done. I'm still shipping product out the door. So like the burnout is not totally obvious to someone other than my direct manager who's looking at my status and looking at my job description and going, there's a disconnect. She's doing things, but I'm not getting things moved across the finish line, right? Yeah. I'm really great at this. <laughs> it's so much more fun to do somebody else's job. Oh, absolutely. And that's the problem. When you feel a certain way about your job, that you're burnt out by it, that you're exhausted by it, that it's uninspiring, that it's not a challenge, that it's too much, that it, you're just paralyzed in this state, you just start looking at other people and you're like, I could do their job better. I could do their job better. I could do their job better. That's my first red flag. Like as soon as I start just like poke my head up, <laughs> out of my cubicle and look around and be like, who's doing a shit at their job that I can do better. That's my first sign that burnout is coming. And that's Mm -hmm. the first time I'm like, I need to go do something, something more than take a bath, something more than just take a two day vacation. Like this is a problem in a, in a different situation. My, my burnout looked like only working. Like I would be working literally ass in seats by six o'clock in the morning. And everyone who knows me just like fell over dead because they know I'm not a morning person. And then I wouldn't leave until 10 PM. Now, whether or not I was getting shit done, different story, but I was at work from six to 10 and I'd go home and I wouldn't really do anything. I would just like put on some kind of media that I could fall asleep to. And then I'd like wake up in the morning like a zombie and just like shower, get out the door. You wouldn't expect that to be burnout, but it was all she had. Is that what you're saying? A hundred percent. And this was kind of high to the pandemic. So like, I'm going to call it pandemic burnout, which is like maybe a subset that we're all feeling because we've all been trying to like maintain this is the bandwidth problem, maintain the same productivity while in a state of global crisis. Uh, Okay. Correct. Another sign of burnout is just wanting to blow it all up, quitting without doing the right things, not having your exit strategy in place, just wanting to walk out the door, throw your hands in the air and be like, I'm done. We have a mentee who has been in this place for probably three years. Uh, It's awful. I just got texts from her this last weekend. Oh my God, I've been passed over this promotion once again. Right. And I just got this onslaught of texts that were like, I feel betrayed. I feel lied to. I feel like I'm not going anywhere. I feel, I'm like, Mm. that's burnout. 
And like, it's just not getting recognized. And I, I think all of these feelings are good to recognize like, oh, red flag. And then the next thing is really identifying where is it coming from and then what you can do about it. Thankfully, Kate, you're asking us how to deal with this, like tips on burnout. You're, you're already thinking in the right direction. Like, do I talk to my manager? What do I say? Or do I quit? Right? Like you're already thinking solutions, which is a great sign. Most women, most people can't even think to that. They're in this like blow it up. I don't fucking care. It's a survival state. Totally. All you can think about is getting out of it. <laughs> that's that's how we get into situations we're in right now where like 12 million people have just quit their job with next to no plan because they're like, I can't fucking do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So in taking a look at burnout, Holland and I have distilled into five causes. And the reason the causes are important is because as you identify the cause of your burnout, then that's going to determine exactly what you can do about it. So let's go through the causes first. And Kate and anyone else who's listening, if you're experiencing burnout or something that feels like burnout, sounds like burnout, you've been told it's burnout, we want you to listen to these causes, these five different reasons burnout might be happening, and line up what you're experiencing with them and see which of these you're resonating with, which of these make sense for your situation. And then we'll talk about what to do for each of them. Number one, getting paid too little. Obvious. (laughs) Number two, you're doing too much work. Also obvious. Number three is you're making a fuck ton of money, but there's too much work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it demands too, we don't know a title for this, but like it demands too much of you, like too much attention, too much like uh, of your whole life. It's trying to suck away from the rest of your life. Mm. It's it's escaping the little 25% box we like to put work in, right? Exactly. Uh, Number four, this is is my specialty. (laughs) Life is demanding too much. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily work, but the rest of your life is demanding too much and it makes work tough. Absolutely. And the last one is disempowerment. For some reason, you do not have agency at work. It can look like a lot of things, but all of it is under the umbrella of disempowerment. We're going to talk about all of these reasons and how to address them after the break. If you have bite-sized information about how to get more out of corporate America, follow us on Instagram at askyourworkwife. I don't know if these are good ads. <laughs> I can't tell. I <laughs> <laughs> the break and we're going to start at the top with cause of burnout number one you're being paid too little we're going to talk about what that means and how to address it for me money stress is the biggest stress in my life it does weird things to me when I don't think there's enough money I become a different person a person no one likes no one's excited to be around it's just a bunch of bullshit so (laughs) that's all (laughs) so like for me to be my normal happy self I need to feel like I'm connected to the value of the work that I'm providing and that I'm getting paid Commensurate compensation. We love these words. Mm-hmm. They're hard what to say together. But <laughs> yeah, what this tends to manifest as is the kind of thought or feeling it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. The, the money isn't enough. It, it could be for a number of reasons. It could be you didn't negotiate your salary the right way to begin with. It could be that they're not giving bonuses. It could Scope be scope creep, yeah, like you said, yes to too much, whatever it is. But yeah, there's that disconnect. And what you're ultimately feeling is it's not worth it. If that is the case for you, then we're going to tell you a couple episodes to reference. But but the overall solution is to get more money. You are not out here running your life like a charity. You need to be paid what you're worth. Luckily, this is our bread and butter. So we've covered this in God, episode, let's start at the top. Episode three, what women want, aka the negotiation episode. Um, how to get that if you're already in a position. You really need to take a look at episode two, the dreaded one-on-one. It doesn't have to be so dreaded. <laughs> <laughs> and episode four about statuses. 
the TLDR is you should have them in person and you should have them frequently because we all know your work doesn't count unless your manager knows about it. Snaps. You also want to make sure that you're paying attention to episode 18, the elasticity clause. We talk about um, where you're stretching beyond your job description, where you might be able to demand. Demand? Demand. This is the time to make demands. Great. Demand more pay. (laughs) Those are the ones we definitely recommend that you go back to, take a listen to, and make sure that there is alignment between the job you're doing and the money you're getting paid. Yeah. And and it might seem a little bit weird for the negotiation episode to be something to pay attention to here, but it turns out the same research you would do to find a new job in the negotiation phase of an interview is the same research you need to do in order to go in and have a confident conversation with your manager about why you're getting paid too little. Our next cause of burnout is very similar to the one we just talked about. It's almost like the the other side of the same coin is there's too much work. At some point in your life, you have been taking on and taking on and taking on, taking on jobs, tasks, roles, projects, special projects that are outside your job description. Totally. And somewhere you got off on the like taking on more work and then getting a bonus or getting a raise for it. Right. You've been saying yes to the work without asking, demanding even that (laughs) raise, right? Uh Uh-huh. Totally. You're probably doing two people's jobs. Episode 18, the elasticity clause is an especially important solution to this one. This is the concept that we talk about where you want to say yes to a point, but there's a Mm -hmm. point at which you need to either bounce back and retract and say, nope, I'm not doing that shit until I get paid or you're going to break your rubber band. It's pretty much how it goes. Don't break. Mm -hmm. So if you're at a breaking point, Kate, the elasticity clause is probably an answer for you. Always hand in hand with that. Make sure you're having your statuses and your one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. This is kind of always the answer to every question. It is always the answer. <laughs> We're just going to put that out there. Okay. Spoiler. The third cause for burnout here is, we just love this one. You are making a fuck ton of money, <laughs> but it's too much work for that money. <laughs> yes. Yes. Or the job is just more demanding than you realized. I hear this from all the women we've ever helped who came from like, a big four finance or a big four law firm or a big, like if it has the word big in front of it, if it's one of those, if like you can drop its name and people who are not in your industry know what it is, Ernst and Young, PricewaterhouseCoopers. If I can drop those names, you know exactly what it is. That's a demanding job. And like, we're not saying avoid demanding jobs altogether, but what we are saying is have intentionality around it. Do it for a reason. This is like my um, lawyer friend. She, she walked into a job Sexy Silicon Valley job. As yes, she called it. love it. Loved it. it. Like her clients were amazing. Like big, big, big tech names. And she walked in it. She says, I know I'm going to make X amount of dollars. Inordinate amounts and of actual money. Ton. Yeah. An actual <laughs> quantifiable <laughs> fuck ton. That's a technical term. Um, she lived very frugally considering Silicon Valley. She did that for about five or six years. And just bankrolled it, right? She saved that shit. She bought nothing. Tiny <laughs> nice. apartment. She had like one piece of art. You love her. <laughs> She bought like one fabulous piece of art. She's like, that's the one thing I'm buying in the five vibe. years. Yeah. I love her. I need to know her. Oh, you really do. Okay. Yeah. And then she like moved her ass out East to DC, got her dream job, which Perfect. doesn't exist. She built her dream life in there DC, <laughs> <laughs> which was like less pay, like more, pa- like more passion aligned. But she started building the rest of her life in the way that she wanted to build it Great. with the capital that she'd raised from her sexy Silicon she, Valley law job. Was she her own VC? Is that how that works? <laughs> Pretty much. I'm here for it. Like I'm my own angel investor, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And if you go into it knowing that that's going to be a demanding job, I'm sure her job took more than 25% of her bandwidth. Oh, 100%. Which is 
<laughs> maybe 95 percent a she lot of her bandwidth right? yes but I, i'm sure she went into that maybe not the first year but probably by the second year knowing i'm gonna get out which means she had an exit strategy she sure did mm-hmm. so like if you're in a situation kate if you're you're working in finance and you didn't give us enough detail to let me know that you're a big four but possibly probably right but if you're in a situation like that know that it's gonna be shit for a couple of years or if you're reaching the end of that you really need to take a look at it and say okay do I want to be in this position? And for how long? Is there some massive benefit to this for me? Am I working at, like, if you're in design, you probably know this name, Pentagram. Pentagram's in New York. They pay shit, but you can take any job. You could, like, the $100,000 graphic designers in the world started at Pentagram at 40, living in New York on nothing. And it was a terrible job for here, but now they can demand whatever they like to because they got to work for some of the biggest clients in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're in that situation, Take a look, say, am I burned out because the job itself is too demanding? And if that's the case, maybe, Kate, you do go back to your other job that you were very good at, but was uninteresting to you. Or maybe you do the same job in finance like, and make a lateral move out of the company and say, let's go work in this, but for a smaller company that's going to be less demanding. Yeah. All, all of these are great options, but it, it really depends on your lifestyle choices. Are you going to be like Holland's friend who just like knows it's going to suck and take not 25% of our bandwidth, but more like 80, 90, 95 for a couple of years and then get out or, or what's the play, right? And it's, it just comes down to what's your exit strategy? What are your next three moves? What do you want? Cause of burnout number four. It's very similar to number three, but it's just kind of the other side of the coin where your life is demanding too much of you at this moment to really put a lot into your career. This is where I land. Um, <laughs> I asked Holland earlier, have you ever been burnt out? Well, my initial answer was no. I don't feel burned out by work, typically speaking. Do you feel burned out by? It didn't come to me as burnout. It, felt, it like feels to me like overwhelm. And that overwhelm comes from other areas of my life. Hence, hence your emphasis on work. Big pause. Life. life. <laughs> right? Okay, say more. So, We're entering into therapy territory. Yeah, I, know. I understand this. Okay, here, here we go. <laughs> um, the last time I felt overwhelmed, I got a raise. It was meaningful. I had wanted it for some time. Mm. I've been asking for it and fighting for it. And then I got it. I think I know which raise this is. It's pretty important. And it felt like the floodgates of my desire and my life and my next three moves had just been opened. There was no barriers anymore. And then I was like, well, now what the fuck do I do? (laughs) Like I have all these moves planned, but now I have to do them, you know? And Uh I felt completely debilitated by that possibility. And I didn't know how to handle that. So my first instinct was to go back to therapy, thank God, mm-hmm. which I did. And it's been great. But burnouts, it's hard for me to characterize it like that because I feel so corporate America. <laughs> right? Sure. Well, I think you made a fabulous point there. Like in corporate America, we talk about this as burnout, but really it can be anything. And when you look at your whole life, it can be categorized as burnout. It can be overwhelm. It can be seasonal depression. It can be actual depression. It, it can happen in, Everything. in good ways. Like I always also felt this when I got back from a big trip. Yeah. Like, I, like what is my life? I don't know how to do this. It often happens when big things are changing in your life. Let's talk about marriage. Let's talk about birth. Let's talk about death. Let's talk about moving. Ambitious women say yes uh-huh. to things that we want. And sometimes we want a lot. So we, we, we take on a lot. And, and that can happen in all areas of life. And I think when you get so single focused on something, it becomes a bit of your personality. So when you finally achieve it, it's a little bit of a, 
oh shit, who am, who am who I? Who am now? I? Yeah. Right? Like, and now you don't know what your identity is. This happens to athletes a lot. Like any high performer, which is why I love studying athletes, SEAL teams, like mm-hmm. pick a high performer. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Right. My cousin, who's a Paralympic athlete, after the Paralympics or even Olympic athletes, after the Olympics or after, I don't care, the World Cup, whoever you're following, yeah. after you've done the thing, like after you've gotten there, you got to the, the pinnacle of what you're working on. And, and whatever happened, happened. Maybe you got gold, maybe you got silver, maybe you got bronze. You come home and there's just this massive dip because you're no longer single-minded focused on something. You maybe have six months, a year, two, three years before you even have to do any kind of workout to start prepping for your next thing. So suddenly you're not doing two-a-days, you're not doing three-a-days, you're not running stairs, you're not, you're not in the gym half of your life. But after every major meet, after every major thing, like cycle has come to an end, she goes into this like dip and there's just kind of this like weird lack of purpose going on yes. depression can set in it's overwhelm weird. can set in but let's just like i don't even want to f- b- fucking be an athlete anymore burnout like throw your hands in the air it's the same thing it's the same vibe it's the same stuff and we all know burnout's a bit of a buzzword and a bit of a catch-all but like these feelings have been called lots of different things no matter where they are in your life the workplace corporate america tends to call it burnout that being said i'm super glad you went back to your therapist and that was your first instinct we are not therapists we want to make sure that you when you're looking holistically at your life, we are here for your work life. <laughs> Ask your work wife. It's in the title. But you should be seeing a therapist. We totally support it. We stand it. And and this is often a deeper issue than than a bubble bath is going to solve as much as I love Lush. We do love a bubble bath. <laughs> and we love self-care. But at the end of the day, this is a bigger, deeper issue. And that's unfortunately not what we can help with on this podcast. But <laughs> sure. But if those things are happening in your life, any of those things or any other things are happening in your life, that means that your work life is experiencing burnout what you can do is address your work your day job (laughs) (laughs) your work your work Mm -hmm. yeah the answer the answer turns out to be a one-on-one and I'm glad Kate you like added that your manager is very understanding this may be where you start I'm feeling this way and then work with your manager to take a look at your projects are you taking on too many projects do you have too many stretch projects going on great Let's dial those down to nothing. Let's wrap them up, put them on someone else's plate. or Special wrap projects go to somebody else. Exactly. And and get down to just doing your job. We we like to call this a plateau job. Right. 20%. Yeah. <laughs> 15 to 20%, right? <laughs> um, after my dad died, I, I took about 20 days off, only having worked at my current job for about three months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Luckily, my management team was wonderful and great about it. And when I came back to work full time, it was really like a 10%. And my manager checked in with me daily. He was like, hey, what, what, where are we at today? And some days were 25% and some days were 5%. Not a problem because he understood what was going on in my life. He understood I needed to be there. He wanted me there and I had shit to do. But like he helped me manage that. It was only for a short amount of time. But like that's when my job became a plateau job because my life was demanding more from me. And all of that came out of candid conversations with your manager. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, another way to handle this is formal leaves of absence taking time yeah, off like you mentioned totally. i mean look into maternity leave paternity leave there's always a leave of absence thing in there that you can take for any reason some of them are strictly medical some of them can be whatever i, I had a friend who just took a two-month sabbatical i think he rearranged his furniture about six million <laughs> times and that's about all he did or at least that's what it looked like he did from the outside what he ended up doing internally was so much emotional work he had just gone through a massive transition in his life that like was internal, had nothing to do with work, had little to do with even his social life, but it was just a different framework in which he was looking at his life and where he wanted to go. And it was great. He came back to work more focused, ready to work and like absolute driver because he was able to take that time off and focus on his life for a second and figure out what was going there. 
so that he could come back to work with the right amount of bandwidth. It may be tempting um, if your life is depending too much to up and quit. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. It's just, it's just, you don't need to add that type of stress. Yeah. The stress of losing an income, the stress of finding a new one to your life. If you're dealing with this type of burnout. Last but not least, disempowerment. This is kind of a word we're using as a catch-all. You are not the decision maker or you are the decision maker, but you've been disempowered in some way. Someone's told you, yes, you have the ability to do something, but when it comes to doing the thing, you actually don't. There's too many internal politics. There's possibly a toxic environment. There's lack of resources or you were told there are resources and there's not. There's You're not getting them, yeah. gaslighting going on. Um, there's lack of authority or lack of autonomy, depending on what type of role you're in. That's what this last type of burnout is. That being said, if you're a junior associate, you should probably be feeling this way. <laughs> so don't go out here thinking you're the new director of marketing, okay? Like if you're a junior, you should be empowered to get the coffee, make notes, <laughs> make slides. We've talked about junior level expectations in episode... Episode 16. Episode 16. I suggest if you're an entry level, new at your job, take a look at that. If you're in management and you've been told you have authority then this is likely where you're at. The money is fine. The workload is fine. The environment turns out to not be fine. Our solution for this is our favorite solution, actually. <laughs> it's just a classic solution. I don't know if it's our favorite. Quitting, is it our favorite? It's our favorite. It's episode one. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Quitting fine. is for everyone. It could also be an internal transfer, but be careful with that. It needs to be way outside your vertical. It's possible that outside your vertical means outside of your company in this case. Yep. If you're experiencing some kind of like, roadblock or frustration with your manager or the manager above you, chances are it comes all the way from the top of that entire situation. Before we let you go, Kate, we want to talk about what handling burnout properly means. I mean, it really comes down to Living your life the ask your work wife way. The ask your work wife way. <laughs> it's like a vibe. That's what we're here for. Like we are looking for ambitious women who have a clear vision for their future and are making it happen. That means you're in control. Things are happening in your career by your choice. Exactly. You are managing the fuck out of that one-on-one and that status. You know exactly where your next three moves are and you are making it happen. You're not being acted upon. We were talking about this earlier, Vanessa and I, and she was like, women like this do not run from place to place. I was like, Ambitious women do not run. We main character energy walk across the street. We're probably jaywalking, actually. Yeah. This is the difference between Anne Hathaway and Devil Wears Prada. Uh, when she's yes. like running around with like all the coffee spilling everywhere versus the Dropping like, plates, steaks yes. in the sink. Like, what are we doing? Yes. Versus like, I wear couture. I answer the phone. I know who Patrick is. I know how to spell Dolce & Gabbana. Like, I get it. Right? And she's yeah. just like so coolly just does the thing. She gets complimented on the boots. Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. That's the, that's the way in which you should walk into the office. Put your headphones on for Zoom. That's the way you manage your career. If you're doing the ask your work wife way. And I, like burnout just doesn't exist in our world. Running frenetically does not exist in our world. We've done it. I've done it <laughs> a lot. I don't love it, which is why I approach work this way now. Maybe this is a behind the scenes a little bit, but like 99% of the way that I feel about work and corporate America comes from me failing miserably at just that thing. <laughs> okay. And then, and then I was like, I don't want to live like this. So I tried it the way that we're teaching y'all and it works wonders. I get to benefit from Vanessa's <laughs> mistakes and I hope you do too, Kate. <laughs> That's what I was like. She's never been burnt out. Yeah. Cause she's been doing my way for a long time. Thank you, Vanessa. Anytime here for it. So yeah, Kate, like we're really excited for you because I think you're really on the right track. I think you're 
you're recognizing the signs and your instincts on how to handle it are spot on. They're fantastic. Like we super love this question. Exactly. So keep doing that and make sure you get very clear about what you want so you can make it happen. question for Ask Your Workwife? Record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. Include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, workwives. We're probably jaywalking, actually. (laughs) You hate jaywalkers. (laughs) I I love that. When I am them, <laughs> again, if you're the car, you can bitch about the pedestrian. If you're the pedestrian, you can bitch about the car. Okay, That's the rule. It's okay. the Vegas rule. If you've ever driven <laughs> in Vegas, you know what's up. If you've ever walked in Vegas, you know what's up.